What's going on? Charles Botenston here. Today we're going to be talking about uh, something that's very, very important. Actually, probably one of the most important things. And it was really, it stemmed from, I just brought on a, a new agent and uh, she's a total rock star. She's just kicking butt. Uh, just literally just has laser focus on on what she she wants. There's some things that, you know, I would say are, you know, being open, you know, to new ideas, being open that uh, I may be right, she may not be right, or I may be, you know, whatever the case is. I'd actually, when you're a good leader, you have to understand that to get your point across, you have to try multiple approaches because one way may not click and the other way will. You know, it's like you go to a seminar and every single person will take something completely different out of it. And the reason being is that they're viewing that seminar through their lens already, their their established adult lens, okay? So I actually, I took this right out of the book, Relentless, by Timothy Grover. Highly recommend the book. And essentially... You can look at my review on uh, on YouTube about it, but essentially, he, the author, ta- actually taught, coached, whatever you want to say, uh, you know, the best Barkley, Jordan, Kobe, and went down the line. And you know, obviously, he has different names: closer, cleaner, da da. For each of these players on a team, you know, because once you make it to the the pros, and or even once you make it to the elite level at the top, there's very little difference between talent. It's all in your mind. Once you get to that level, it's all in the mind. It's like golf. Learning golf is super easy. You swing a club and you put it and you just try and go as far and as close as you can to the pin and then you put it in and blah, blah, blah. However, one thing I, it, it was, I don't know if it was mentioned in the book, but I saw a couple of interviews. I was super obsessed with the guy and of Timothy Grover and what he had to say because it was such a different approach, especially in basketball, hearing the difference in their mindset and everyone has a dark side and things like that. However, he mentioned something in an interview and, you know, it's a pretty, probably a pretty established question that he gets all the time, which is what's the difference between, say, a Kobe and someone else or the best and someone else. And he mentioned one word and it really brought it back to this agent. And he said, coachability, coachability, coachability. And the reason I said it three times, because each time that you hear it, it brings up a different feeling. It, it brings up like, oh, okay, yeah, no, 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 I am, I am, I am coachable, you know. But that's the thing is that most of us, including myself, for 22 years of my life, I was not coachable. I pushed away teaching. I pushed away my parents. I pushed away any kind of authority. I just, I pushed it away. I just, I, I said, I, I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need anything. But this is the funniest thing is that the people that actually go the complete opposite spectrum, the, the first spectrum is I don't need anything. I already know everything. The other spectrum is I don't know anything and I want to learn. Okay. I want to learn. I'm coachable. All right. Especially when you're at that level and you're the number one player and everyone says you're the best. The easiest thing to do as a Tom Brady is to sit back, sit back and say, you know what? All right. I'm the best already. I was just looking at a quote because uh, the Kentucky Derby just happened and he was there and he took a couple photos, you know, with uh, David Ortiz, who's a retired Boston Red Sox. And it was funny. Uh, 
I saw, you know, is he going to retire? He's 39 years old. You know, most quarterbacks, they would have hung up their laces probably five, six years ago if they were even in the league. And, you know, with however many Super Bowl rings he has, he's still going to go. And he said mid-40s. And then I started looking at his regiment. The guy is so strict in his regiment. He is coachable. He says, listen, I can't be feeding myself with junk food. I can't be feeding my mind with garbage. I can't be not taking care of my body if I want to be playing at an optimum level, if I want to be the best person in the best league in the world of football, okay? And it's the exact same thing for you and I and for this girl. So I brought that up and I said, listen, they're coachable. And that clicked, that clicked. And it wasn't that you don't have to be right and I don't have to be right and you can be wrong and blah, blah, blah. Just be coachable, just be open, ask why. People that are the most curious are the ones that they, why? Why does this happen? You know, think of even the, the scientists of the world. They keep on asking why. Why is the wor- the earth rotating this way? And, you know, is everything energy or is everything matter? It's, it's massive questions that we keep on. Tony Robbins talks about it. He says the quality of the questions that you ask yourself equal the quality of your life. Not the statements, but the questions. Because if you ask weak questions like, why am I hungover? Why am I waking up early? Why is the stock market going down? Why is the economy like this? Why is my spouse like this? Why is my employer or my boss like this? Why is my manager such a such a you know mean guy? I was going to use another word, but I won't. So... That's the thing is that they're coachable because they're curious and they say, why did this work? Why did this not work? So the number one thing that I told her is, so what does that mean? Coachable, like, like why, why is that even like, why does that matter? Okay. The reason that it matters is because there's going to be a plateau that you hit where, here's an example. Say someone weighs, uh, they're very overweight. The first couple of pounds are going to be a little bit challenging because you're starting something new. Your body's not you know, used to it. However, once you start going, those first 10, 15, 20 pounds to eliminate, say you're, say you're way overweight, those 15, 20 pounds are going to be super easy. But then you're going to go down to a point. We're literally, it comes down to one pound. I just lost one pound. Or the other way around where you're, you're super out of shape and then you start running and then you, you can't even run a mile. Then you run two miles and then three miles and da 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 And then you can run a marathon and then you run a, an ultra marathon. So then once you reach that pinnacle, this is the next level is time. What's, what, how can I get a second better? And that was Michael Phelps. He said every single day he wanted to get just one second better. And then he reached that point where he kept on getting a second better, a second better. And then he started reaching the exact same time. And then he said a millisecond, just a millisecond, just a little, just a millisecond better. Because you're going to re- reach a point where there's not much improvement. It's, it, it's just that little bit. And Tom Brady... When he first entered the league, it was everything was so fast. He had to throw. He had to read defenses. He had to be a leader. He had to understand different audibles and things like that. Then he reached a, a, a part where he was really comfortable with that. Then he started needed to play on a big stage or behind in the game or in the playoffs or on the road or in front of a, a vicious crowd or there's a really hard defense or something like that. Then he got over that. Now he's literally saying, my mental state is amazing. I need to work on my physical state. And his physical state is essentially saying the right food, the right food, the right training. 
all day long. Consistent and persistent because he's coachable, all right? That is it. I can tell you right now, once I became coachable, that was only nine years ago. Nine years from now, I'll be 40, okay? If I am on the same trajectory as I was from 22 to 31, holy cow, (laughs) it's going to be a wild, wild ride. Because I looked at my life at 22, I was a total disaster. I was eating like crap. I didn't have any good friends. I I, I had good friends, but they weren't the the people that I was going to go places with. Started getting new friends. My dressing was terrible. I I was overweight. You know, my mentality, my skin, my uh, hair, everything. I wasn't reading. I was an idiot. You know, I had no future and things like that. And then I started honing in, honing in, honing in. And this is the thing. I'm at the point that when when I see a one hour YouTube clip, if I get one thing, it was worth it. Just one little thing. One little thing. That's where I'm at right now. But in the beginning, everything was completely new. Everything was completely new. I would hear neuroplasticity and I would just dive directly into that subject and say, what is this? What fires together wires together. What you do consistently becomes a habit. Whatever you don't do, it unwires and then you don't do it as well. Same thing with sales calls is that if I stop doing sales calls, picking it up and say a month or two would be a huge challenge. That would be really, really challenging to me. So that's the biggest thing is that when we start unwiring, when we start unwiring the bad and we start doing the good, you're actually wiring the habits, but you'll reach a point where coachability, where you bring on a coach and it's literally not even 1% better, it's, it's like a half a percentage, and that will bring you to the next level and then bring you to the next level and bring you to the next level until you're the number one. And, it, and then when you're number one, when you're the Tom Brady, the, the Elon Musk, the Steve Jobs, the Warren Buffetts, the Bill Gates, you know, when you're at the pinnacle of your career, it's even less. It's like 0.01% better. You think of all the companies that are established, you're either growing or you're dying, and it's the exact same with a human. If you're not challenging yourself with new experiences, new conversations, you know, that's why crossword puzzles are so effective for older people. So they avoid dementia. Because when you, to avoid dementia, this is actually a really interesting uh, subject that I saw, I think it was on YouTube, where they had these nuns in, I forgot where it was, I think it was in the UK, these nuns that went to church every single day, but they also did crossword puzzles, they also taught to the local high school, they also did a bunch of things, and when they died, they donated the brain to science, and this is really, really interesting, is that every single one of the nuns had dementia. In other words, when they when they pulled the brain out, they noticed all this gray matter in their brain. However, they didn't show signs of it when they were alive. They didn't even show signs of it when they were alive. But when they died and they donated their brain to science, they said they should have shown signs of memory loss and of slowing down, of not understanding critical thinking and things like that, yet they never did that. That's insane. That is the power of the mind when you use it correctly. And they have that, I think, somewhere in, is it Italy, where they have the, they're on the Mediterranean diet and every single day, they, they don't even have retirement. They don't have retirement. There is no 65. And people just, in general, live to around 90 in this one community. I forget where it was. But they don't have retirement, so they're always doing, they're tilling the land or they're, they're making food or they're doing some physical labor and they don't, they don't have retirement. There is no such thing as retirement. You just work until you die. But the thing is, 
Two things. One is that they're happy because they're productive. There's a meaning to their life. There's a meaning to what they're doing. And that's what happens is that most people, when they retire, they just lose that meaning. They lose why they're there. They're like, I used to be the CEO or I used to be the visionary or I used to... Perfect example is uh, Phil Knight. Phil Knight, I read his books and I started looking him up and I started doing a little bit of research. And, And since he's retired, he's really slowed down. He's really slowed down because when he was at Nike and he was running Nike, obviously it's a big Fortune 500 company and and whatnot, but you have to do something post-retirement, whether it's philanthropy or if it's teaching or if it's giving back or if it's uh, speeches or if it's something, you have to do something to keep your mind and your body in in everything in alignment, in in, in harmony, so you can continuously be doing better. What does that have to do with coaching and being coachable? They know that if, if you didn't know that, you wouldn't do it. In other words, if you didn't know that meditating and whatever the nuns were doing or praying and, and not knowing about dementia and whatnot, they did that because they knew that if they stopped, they would not be as sharp. My dad does crossword puzzles. And listen, the guy, he's, he's hitting the older age and whatnot, but it's one of those things that if he stops... I know that he's going to go downhill a lot faster because he's not wiring his brains for new experiences. He's not wiring his brains for using it, okay? So going back to coachability, I know that I just went on a complete tangent. I hope that helped out a little bit. Um, But going back to coachability is that what I told my agent is that I said, listen, I said, you don't always have to be right, which is fine. And if if you think you're right and everything, just be open. Just be open to new questions. Just be open to critical thinking. She hates when I use that word or she loves it. I have no idea. But critical thinking essentially is being coachable, which says, why did the sales call not go right? Why did the sales call go right? You have to go both ways, okay? And I'll also say two other things. Number one is coachability brings humbleness because you'll see it all the time. You know, someone that makes it to the pros and they're a total D-bag and then they they get too cocky. And then guess what? When you get too cocky, you get wiped out. If you get too cocky, you get punched out in MMA. If you, Conor McGregor, perfect example. The guy got humbled, humbleized by, uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. Uh, I see his face, but I, I forgot who he lost to. And then you get humble if you're in the pros. Is that I'm the best, I'm the best. And then boom, you, your legs get taken out because when you say I'm the best, I'm the best, yeah, that confidence is good, but you need to be backing that up with innovating or marketing or in the pros case, getting a little bit better, a little bit better. So number one is it keeps you humble because you're keep on you're coachable and you keep on asking questions. How do I get a little bit better? How do I, what do I have to improve? If you say I'm the best, you're not open to coaching because you say I'm the best, I don't need any coaching. And then the second thing I'll leave you on is that it's not overnight. Okay, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about it, about patience and patience and patience. You're only 22, you're only 23, you're only in, you know, high school or whatever the case is. Patience is it, okay? If there's one, if there's two things that I could say is, number one is day-to-day, I am super fast. In other words, I'm very, very fast. Micro, the micro is day-to-day, the macro is your entire vision, okay? I can go an entire podcast about vision. 
But you have to go very, very fast and be very, very efficient every single day, but always be looking into the future, always look at the macro, always be coachable day to day, but when you're looking at the vision, the the, the five, 10 year map plan that you wanna do, you have to know that it's not gonna be overnight. You have to know if you put in the process, if you're open to new ideas, new technologies, new services, uh, new ways of thinking, because it's always gonna be happy and there's always gonna be a disruption, then you will be successful. So I hope that helps a little bit. Uh, Leave your comments. And I have no idea how to leave a comment or if you could leave a review on iTunes or Google Play or SoundCloud or wherever the heck this is being played in your ears. But I I do really appreciate it. Honestly, for me is I have no idea when it's going to hit for me, but I know it's going to hit. And... Uh, you know, this this is loving the process. This is literally writing down things to say and then actually saying it. So leave you guys there. Have an awesome day and talk to you guys soon.